Welcome to Odd Bits and End Pieces, a podcast about nothing in particular, but focused on fun, music, and current events. And by current events, we mean anything that has ever happened anywhere at any time. Let's meet the Odd Bits and End Pieces players. Riley McNutt, John Paul Gamoki, Lee Johnson, Anita Ruth, Joan Griffith, sound engineer Jose Rodriguez, Felicia Cunningham, and Andy Wilkowski. Odd Bits and End Pieces would like to thank the City of Bloomington and Leah Hughes for allowing us the use of their facilities. Two bits. Hey, where are we on the... Sandwiches? Well, we are here, and they are there. Really, like, they're like paninis or something in a huge pile in the middle of the office. Dripping cheese. Gotta be hundreds. Where did they come from? Not the cafeteria. Oh, man, the visitors? They just made them appear out of nowhere, right? This is the fourth event this week. Happy Tuesday. How do they do that? They are held in an observation container, right? And we are observing how alien visitors can alter reality, even from a magnetically sealed chamber. So, we don't do anything? I have work. This covert government spending won't account for itself. Yeah, the black suits have already been by to secure the area. Here come the men in black. Okay, how does that joke not get old to you? They literally made a song for us, for our work and what we do. Will Smith made us a theme song. Oh, no, no. Not you and me. We are Area 51 accountants. You're wearing a polo and chinos. No one is going to call us galaxy defenders. Fine. But we still are a part of things. The agents aren't even all men. So now what? Now we leave them so the incidental science team can get all the readings they can. Or lunch. Funny. Remember Anthony with the ice cream that appeared in the extraterrestrial readings division? Sure, but the feathers fell out eventually. Tony the turkey. Sounds like a low-level mobster. Wait, you said the fourth event this week? Not counting the colorful strobing lights in the sky, which are pretty regular. There's this, the floating French bulldog, and Carrie's beret cussing at anyone wearing Chicago Bears paraphernalia. What's number four? You didn't hear about the break room fridge? No. It's turning people's food into sporting equipment. That's why there was a football with Cherish's name on it. Oh, come on! I put my leftover pizza in there. I think it's a new set of skis now. Oh. Well, that's not a bad trade. If you're a My Little Pony fan. On the skis? I I guess I'm not opposed. I was more into Avatar. My Little Pony is cooler than you think, I have to say. I didn't say I thought it was bad. You had an air. I did not have an air. You have an air. You totally did. Like it was to, I don't know. Pastel. There you go with the air. The show had real-life lessons baked into an adventure story full of friendship and magic. Did it have a life lesson about how to retrieve my work emails if a computer is buried under the Panini version of Denali? No, uh, no, it did not. I think your computer might be cooked. L-O-L. Got any more cheesy jokes? (laughs) Don't press me, you crusty, uh... Crusty something. Crushed it. Yeah, let us talk about something else. Decent rally, but I don't see any lettuce on those sandwiches. It's more about the sandwich genre. Let me see if I can get to my tablet. 
I have enough on there to take home and work on. Hey, don't touch those. Those are... <laughs> always chickens. Why do the visitors always make people turn into chickens? No idea, but something sure smells foul. Four Bits. The musical selection for this episode of Odd Bits and End Pieces is a tune called Samba Nova No. 1 in C Major, written by me, composer and guitarist Joan Griffith. I find naming an instrumental tune a very difficult thing, so I took my cue from J.S. Bach. In his violin and cello suites, you will find movements called minuet, courant, or bore, named and written in the groove of the dances of his day. My title, Samba Nova, really means new samba and is inspired by those Brazilian dance rhythms. The performers on this recording are Terry Elliott on violin, Anita Ruth on piano, and Joan Griffith on guitar. Thank you. 
Six bits. Game show. Welcome to the Odd Bits and End Pieces quiz game. The game where I give the points to anyone at any time for any reason because I can. Today's contestants are Felicia Cunningham, Anita Ruth, and Andy Wilkowski. Hi, everybody. How you doing today? Great. Great. All right. Fantastic. Such enthusiasm. Here's our game show. I mean, for- great. Great is a correct answer, <laughs> but no points yet. Here's our first question. What U.S. city boasts the most working women? What U.S. city boasts the most working women? Andy. Seattle. Seattle's incorrect. Andy or Felicia? Oh, yes. Anita. Anita. <laughs> <laughs> That's not Washington, right. D.C. Yes, Washington, D.C. is correct. One point for Anita. That's a very good answer. Number two, what spice do chefs call the sweet wood? What spice do chefs call the sweet wood? Yes. Paprika? Paprika is a great answer, but incorrect. The sweet wood. Anita, Andy? The sweet wood? No. Oh, Andy. Cumin. No. Anita? Yes. Salt. No, it's cinnamon. cinnamon. Oh, oh, Felicia had it. Uh, but that was that, my second guess. I yeah. should have went with She it. should get her point. You know what, Anita? I've had it almost with you. <laughs> you better settle down or we're going to have to do something horrible. Okay, third question. Which of his works was Charles Dickens' personal favorite? Which of his works was Charles Dickens' personal favorite? Yes, Anita. Christmas Carol. No. Felicia Randy. Yes, Andy. Great expectations. No, that's my personal favorite of mm. his. Ah, that's what made me think of it. Ah. <laughs> Felicia, yes. Was it the letters to his children? No, it was David Copperfield. David Copperfield is the correct answer. Question also four. Also my favorite magician. Which, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> what circus performer noted, look, remember, on that wire is your life, below is your death. What circus performer noted, look, remember, on that wire is your life, below is your death. Circus performer. Come on, folks, work with me. Is it like the name of someone or like Yes, a it's a, someone's name, circus performer. You know, this is a timed episode. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> I don't know any n- circus performers by name. Neither okay, well, I'll just give it to you then. Yes, Anita. The Great Mario. No, The Great Mario. I don't know where you pulled that out. <laughs> is incorrect. Carl Willenda, one of the Willenda brothers. Oh, oh right. Come yeah. on, folks. Yeah, okay, no, nope. question five. What is the official currency of Puerto Rico? Yes, Andy. The dollar? Yes, the dollar is correct. Ding, 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 ding. We have one point for Andy, one point for Anita. Felicia, we have one question left. Here it is. Which continent boasts the highest average elevation? The highest average elevation. Which continent? Yes, Andy. Asia. Asia is incorrect. Anita. South America. South America is incorrect, but you were closer. Yes, Felicia. North America? No, no. (laughs) Antarctica. So, after six questions, we have a tie with Andy and Anita. Here we go with 
sudden death game show question. What English playwright penned, where the bee sucks, so shall I? Yes, Andy. Shakespeare. Shakespeare is correct. Andy Wilkowski is our winner That was again. a giveaway. That was a giveaway, and Andy jumped right on it. Congratulations, it. Andy, winner of our game show. <laughs> I'm still mad about the cinnamon thing. Eight bits. Hey, Mom. How's Dad doing? Oh, better. He's up and around on his own. (laughs) What a weird accident. Yes, umpires don't get hit in the head with a bat very often. Did the player ever apologize? Oh, he did. He said the bat just slipped out of his hands and hit your father in the head. (laughs) Is Dad still groggy? Oh, yes. His brain is only thinking about baseball. Here he comes now. I'll get you both a Coke. Hey, Dad. How are you feeling? Safe! Well... That's good. It's good to feel safe at home. Did the nurse come to see you today? She's out of here. Wow. She came and went already. What's for dinner? Fowl. Yum. I like chicken, too. Buck. Yes, Dad, I get it. You like Mom's chicken, especially with the gravy Mom makes. Thick and creamy. Any dessert? Bunt. Huh? Cake. Oh, I get it. Bunt cake. (laughs) Have you heard from any of your umpire union friends? Strike! Oh, yeah, I forgot they were voting on that. I hope the owners don't bring in scab umpires this time around. That would really suck. Oh, there's Rover. Come here, Rover, come here. What's Rover got in her mouth? Ball! Oh, man, is that thing chewed up? What's on the ball? Fly ball! Get off there, you nasty fly. Uh, Give me that uh, fly swatter. Grounder. There, that grounded her. I'll get a Kleenex and clean her up. Time. Uh, 4.20. Almost time for me to go. Do you want me to turn on the TV for you to watch something? Play ball. Baseball it is. Look at that. Competitive dancing. Swing. No, uh, looks like ballroom. Ball. Do you remember when you and Mom used to take dance class when you first met? Miss. Yeah, I get that you miss it. Mom still says those were the happiest days of her life. Time! I'm sorry, time of her life. Oh, here's your Cokes. Oh, honey, do you want to stay for dinner with us? We're having chicken. He's out of here. Oh, uh, bye, honey. Drive home safely. Well, dear, time for dinner. Out safe, boss, dear. Oh, sit down, dear. You're having an episode. Hello, everyone. This is Joan Griffith. I'm your Odd Bits and End Pieces interviewer. And my guest today is author uh, Amy Bizonette. Uh, Amy, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Joan. All right. And, and what are you going to do for us today? I'm going to start by reading a, a, just a small portion of my newest book. It's called Headstrong Hallie, the story of Hallie Morse Daggett, the first female fire guard. So this is a children's book. It's a picture book. Um, and it's nonfiction, a biography of a woman um, from the turn of last century, early 1900s. And you're going to read a little excerpt from it. Yes. I'm gonna, I'll just read the first few pages. Hallie leapt from her bed and raced to the window, pulling back the curtains. A bright orange glow filled the sky. Flames licked the tops of far-off trees. Hallie's house was safe for now, 
but the winds could shift at any moment. Even if her home was safe, the forest was in danger. The trees, the animals, her neighbors. Hallie raced to get dressed. She had to wake her sister Leslie. The fire crews would be here soon. They had to be ready. Hallie had to help save her forest home. Hallie Morse Daggett never feared the forest, certainly not. She hiked among the tall trees of California's Siskiyou Mountains, listened for the calls of familiar birds, and looked for signs of wildlife. She fished the rushing Salmon River with her brother Ben and sister Leslie. She was an expert shot who loved to hunt. There was really only one thing Hallie feared, fire. And summer was the worst time of all for forest fires. Hallie had seen the horrible power of fire race through the trees, leaving them scorched and leafless. She had seen the animals of the forest scatter and flee from racing flames, deer and foxes, rabbits and tiny mice. And she had seen those flames come dangerously close to her family's home. So whenever U.S. Forest Service crews came to fight the fires, Hallie joined the fight. She and Leslie stamped out abandoned campfires. They brought food and supplies to the men at the fire line. Fire was a constant worry in Hallie's life. At night in bed, with the smell of smoke thick in the air, Hallie vowed to do more. Who knew the mountains better than she did? Who would protect them and keep her friends and family safe? Hallie decided she would work for the U.S. Forest Service when she grew up. What kind of girl dreams a dream like that? A headstrong girl for sure. Amy, that was really lovely. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, so um, this is a real person that you're speaking of, right? It <laughs> is. And I, um, you know, I write both fiction and nonfiction for kids, but um, really love to write nonfiction stories, biographies of women who were... Um, Gutsy, who uh, maybe went a little counterculture. And uh, I discovered Hallie when I was doing some related internet research one day and thought, boy, I've got to tell her story. Wow, very cool. And so this is in uh, the Northwest, in, in uh, Washington, Oregon? Yeah, the uh, Northern California, but in that uh -huh. Pacific Northwest area, exactly. Cool. And kind of what years are we talking about with her? This is um, early 1900s. She was born in the late 1800s, but by the time she had graduated from boarding school and really became committed to trying to get the U.S. Forest Service to hire her, because they did not hire women, um, we're talking, you know, 1910, 1911. Wow. That is a long time ago. <laughs> cool. And have you written some stories about some other headstrong women that we would know of? I have. Um, I, now, whether they're women you know of, I don't know. But um, the first biography I did was, uh, it's called Miss Colfax's Light. And it is the story of a woman lighthouse keeper in the 1850s. And she tended the only lighthouse in Indiana, so down at the bottom of Lake Michigan. Um, and she was amazing. She actually was our nation's longest serving lighthouse keeper. Oh, my gosh. You're right. I don't know about this person <laughs> at all. And, and what brings you to headstrong women that you need to write about them? You know, I've thought about that a lot. And I, I truly believe part of it is just growing up when I did. You know, the women's movement was very prominent. And um, I was, I, I'd say I was lucky to grow up in a household where among seven kids, four girls, three boys, um, my folks uh, really 
didn't make a lot of determinations based on gender. They basically said, you can do this. Yeah, you want to do that, do it. So, um, so I do think a lot of it was growing up. And then when I worked professionally, I saw the benefit that I achieved because of the women who had gone ahead of me and sort of, you know, uh, created a, a path for the rest of us to follow. Yeah, well, I I think we're somewhat similar at the same age, and and we are, as I always say, standing on the shoulders of some giants exactly. here and there. Um, and what is your process to write a book? How does it how does it work? You know, it depends on whether it's fiction or nonfiction. Um, but I, I tend to write books that, that at this point they seem to fall into two buckets. One is either very nature based books. Or, um, or these sort of strong female character. Hallie is a, a combination of the two. Um, but if I'm working on a nonfiction project, anything can, can light my lamp. I, I wrote a, a book about, um, it's called Aim for the Skies. It's about two female um, pilots who each wanted to be the first to to circumnavigate the world. And um, I learned about the pilots because I, was re I read an obituary in the New York Times. Yeah, so cool. And so your books, we can't see them because, of course, we're in, in podcast land. Um, but uh, it's a very colorful, beautiful uh, cover, and, and it's a picture book. I mean, it's, there are pictures, illustrations on every page, right? Absolutely. It's, it's gorgeous. Um, the illustrator is David Hone, and he's an illustrator out in Seattle, and he's done a number of children's books. For each of my books, I've uh, been lucky to work with different illustrators, and yeah, I'm all different media, some watercolor, some computer generated. Um, and, and it's just a treat each and every time because the whole beauty of a picture book, of course, is that you hopefully start with good, strong text. But when you combine it with the pictures, you just have a, a much better, um, much more evolved work. And, and the collaboration is just so fun. Yeah, it is beautiful to look at. I do have another question mm -hmm. um, that... You know, do, do you send them the text and then they they paint, or and and vice versa? When they send you something back, does it does it change what you've written or illuminate the subject for you at all? That's a great question. Um, what a lot of people don't know about the whole picture book process is that the author and the artist are kept separate. And so um, it does generally start with me generating a manuscript, working with an editor on that until it's in good enough shape. But then that manuscript is routed to the illustrator through an art director. And they don't want us to have um, communication. It's hmm. not for me to tell David, for instance, to how, to how I want something depicted. You know, it's his interpretation of the words. Um, now, with nonfiction works, I do see sketches because I am responsible for the accuracy of what's wow. in those sketches. Um, and, and in other, t even in the fiction works, there are times when my words then are adjusted. Usually because picture books, you're always trying to keep them very succinct, um, usually because the illustration has depicted what was in the words anyway. And so we can take the words out or modify them. Huh. So uh, it, it's a thrill at the end of the whole process to finally get to talk to the illustrator. <laughs> well, that's very interesting. Who knew? Well, thank you, Amy, so much for coming in and reading. That was just wonderful. Well, thank you for having me. Hello, everyone. Thanks for coming to the slide presentation of my big trip. Let's just jump right in. To start with... Here is one of me standing in front of my car, all packed and ready to go. And wait, 
No, that's Deb's card. Here, this is me. No, wait, that's um, a thumb? Okay, here, this is me. Me next to my Prius, amazing mileage. Carbon neutral by 2040, am I right? <laughs> Anyways, that's the cleanest that will be for the trip. <laughs> and here we go. Here are some of me while driving through the beautiful countryside. Not bad for selfies, huh? I got a, you know, a stick, a selfie stick. The background gets a bit blurred because I'm driving. Mr. Multitasker, that's me. Oh, yeah, and this one that just blurs? <laughs> a deer jumped out in front of the car and dented the heck out of my fender. Not a selfie fan, I guess. So, that was a cool action shot. This guy in the next photo is, uh, I think his name was Earl? Ertle? Bartle? Yeah, he helped me get my car fixed up at his gas station. Oh, <laughs> I don't think I meant to take this one. That's the bathroom mirror right there. You know, in the shop, that's, uh... I think it's a syringe. Not the cleanest facilities, but the people there are salt of the earth. A bit erratic, but also pretty salty. <laughs> From there, let's see. You can see the car fixed up in all its slapdash glory. That is an authentic small-town car shop bungee holding that bumper on. Pretty cool, huh? <laughs> in his shop, I took a photo of a carved marionette of a bear with a hunting rifle. Skipping ahead, skipping ahead, skip, skip, skip. Here we go. I am heading into the city there. Oh, and here is the underground poker tourney. Here is my hand to pair. Not bad, huh? Oh, and here the dealer is accusing me of cheating. Those two big guys wanted to hurt me, I think. But everything turned out okay, as you see in this next slide. Here I am breaking one of their arms, and this is what? Um... Yeah, yeah, that's when I tried to take a selfie of me putting the other big guy in a stranglehold. You can see my elbow blur right there. More fight, more fight, broken chair, blood splatter. Here we go. There is the target. You can see him realizing I'm here for him. Here he is, opening the third story window to try to escape. And I got him by his drawers. This pick I was so proud of. Can you imagine if breakaway pants were still a thing? <laughs> anyway, I pulled him in and killed him good and proper. You can clearly see my confirming him being dead in this next picture. Now I'm cleaning up my fingerprints and shoe prints and such, just doing my Cinderella thing. And here are the authorities arriving on the scene. I'm hiding in the shrubs of a garden down the block. <laughs> Uh-oh, they found the booby trap I left. <laughs> you see there, the building catch on fire. <laughs> and there you have it, your proof of contract fulfilled. Thank you for your business. Anyone got a punch card? Buy 10 hits, get one free. Thank you for listening to the podcast, Odd Bits and End Pieces. You are my sunshine. My only sunshine, you made me happy. You are my sunshine, my.